We're going over Rhodey's brutal beatdown of the Middle Tennessee State University Blue Raiders, as well as Rhodey's upcoming game tonight against Brown and the start of A-10 play with Rhodey's first game on Sunday against Richmond. And on Wednesday, at home against Davidson. We have it all here, all for you, on Ballin' with B-Show. And welcome to episode 10 of season 2 of Ball with B-Show. As always, I'm your host, Gavin B-Show. We've got a lot to go over, including the start of Atlantic 10 Conference play. So let's get right into it. URI had their second-to-last non-conference game on the road at Middle Tennessee State. And boy, the Rams just didn't miss. They went 33-59 from the field of Mark, which is at 55.9%. Led by Jeff Doughton with 21 points. Jermaine Harris with 17 points and 7 rebounds. A breakout game for him. Tyrese Martin added 17 as well. And we had a couple scatters. Fats Russell had 10 points and 10 assists. Cyril had 10 points and 7 rebounds. And Antoine Walker showed up as well with 11 points, which led Rhodey to a crushing 89-62 to defeat over the Middle Tennessee State basketball team. A 27-point victory is just what Rhodey needed, getting that confidence booster, going to Brown tonight, and then going to A-10 play, where everything is on the line. The Rams went 7-for-17 from 3, 41.2% mark, and only made 64% of their free throws, making 16 out of 26 attempts and turning the ball over 13 times compared to Middle Tennessee State's 21 turnovers. Great job by the roadie defense. If Middle Tennessee State didn't shoot that well from the free throw line, is going 13 for 19, which is only a 68.4% mark, shooting 35.5% from three at 11 for 31, and a pitiful 35% from the field going 19 for 53. They were led by Donovan Sims with 22 points, and that was really it. C.J. Jones wasn't much of a big factor in that one only scoring 8 or 9 points, and Rhodey just absolutely clobbered Middle Tennessee State like it was nothing. Jermaine Harris was getting inside really easy, getting really easy rebounds and put back buckets. Tyrese Martin was stroking it from outside. Fats Russell had just, you know, didn't have his best game, but still dished out 10 assists, which I like about him this year, which I think is one of his most improved areas, is that he doesn't have to have 20 points a game in some... Um, and help out this team. He's third right now and steals behind Jacob Gilliard and another person, Jacob Gilliard on Richmond, who they play on Sunday. Jeff Downton had 21 points, which is huge. Seeing as all the pieces are coming together right as conference play starts is big for the Rams. Fast Russell had 10 assists, which I thought was also big for Rams. Surreal Langevin had 10 points of his own and 7 rebounds, being an absolute beast down low as usual. And Antoine Walker coming in with 11 points. He is just showing to be a great role uh, role player off the bench and good for Surreal and Jermaine. As it seems that you know Antoine, since Antoine's come in, Jermaine Harris has like got a fire under him and you know playing a little better, playing with his head on screwed right. So I don't really want to get. I don't know. This it wasn't the best game to look out of. Milton um, City State was just not a good basketball team compared to the Rhode Island Rams. They didn't deserve to be on the same court as them. 
So that's my overall outlook. Rudy Crush, they played great. They shot the ball well. 41% is a very good mark from three. They want to aim. Free throw shooting's got to get a little better. Turnovers, great by forcing them. And the field goal percentage is beyond wild, which I love to see. If Rudy can carry this on to A-10 play, they will be a force. We have some news for Rudy fans across. Dan Tate is entered the transfer portal. The second player this year joined Gregory Hammond. This is something I didn't really... It kind of caught me by surprise, but I got why he's transferring. You know, not maybe not the best relationship between David Cox and, and himself. He was suspended by David Cox for violation of team rules for three games. And, you know, there's everyone was asking, what's with, what's with Dan Tate sitting? We get that, you know, something's gone on and he's trying to find himself. But the fact when he wasn't playing against North Tennessee State, I was like, something's up. So that ends up happening. Now we're down to only eight instead of nine players deep which shows how the addition of Antoine Walker is huge and how big he can be. Because then you also have those they have one you have those six, Jermaine, Tyrese, Fats, Jeff, and Cyril. And then you have Antoine Walker, uh Mikai Long, and Jacob Toppin. That gives you eight deep players. Not as much not as deep as people thought they were gonna be. Add in Jeremy Shepard, people look at this team to be eleven deep bench. Now we only have eight players on the court, so We'll see how they play, especially in January. Rodon has 10 games. That's like one game every three days. See how that rest goes and how playing with eight players affects this team and their journey to try to get back to the NCAA tournament. And another, you know, not connected to Zerodi, but could be in the future, Damir Bishop, four-star from Xavier, after a couple months, is transferring. Now, Rodon recruited Damir Bishop very heavily. He went to the same high school as Fats Russell from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Imhotep Academy, and the top two people in um, in his search, top two teams in his search are the Round Rams and the St. Joseph Hawks. So if Redon can snag someone like Damir Bishop for next year, and hopefully his waiver can, you know, hopefully, you know, the NCAA can give us a break. That would be huge for Rody going to next year, which I thought you guys might want to look out for um, as well. Let's get into Rody. They have a game tonight in two hours tip-off at the Pizziola Center in Providence against the Brown Bears where they have, you know, a weapon or two, but that's pretty much it. They come in with Brandon Anderson, guard, leading the team with 20.5 points a game and 3.2 assists. Temenang Cho, the forward, 13.4 points a game, 8.2 rebounds, and addition of Zach Hunsicker, guard, 10.3 points and 3.7 rebounds per game. They are led, the Bears are led by Mike Martin. Last year, achieved the team's first 20-win season, going 20-12. and 12, And this is eighth season as head coach of the Bears. It is, will be a sellout crowd for your information. It's a roadie takeover. A lot of Rhode Island fans are going to the game. I am not, couldn't find tickets, but nevertheless, it will be a sellout crowd. Hopefully, Rhode Island can pull out a big win. They're led by Fats Russell with 19.8 points, 5.9 assists, and 3.4 steals per game. Cyril Langevin still averaging that double-double with 10.8 points a game and 11 rebounds. Jeff Down adds on 14 points a game. Tyrese with 12.2 points a game and 5.5 rebounds. And Antoine Walker seemed to do it across the court everywhere with 10.5 points a game and 4.5 rebounds as well as two steals per game. Redown's averaging a 43.2% field goal percentage as well as a 31 Point nine percent three point percentage. Rodon struggling a little bit from the free throw line, going sixty nine point two percent. You really want to get that 
around 70, 73%, 75% if you want to be a successful team in the A-10 and the NCAA tournament. They're averaging 13.5 turnovers a game. The Brown Bears, on the other side, shooting a little less mark of 40.2% from the field, 31.4% from the three-point line, and 68.7% from the free-throw line. They turned the ball over a lot, though, turning the ball over on average 16.4 times per game. Looking at the way these two teams play, Brown is kind of like Redown. They got the similar stats except the turnovers. If Rody can force turnovers and kick this team out the doors in the first 10 minutes and get a 15-plus point win, that would be huge for their net rating, which they're at 69, which is very good for in the bubble, and give them even more confidence going to A-10 play, playing Richmond on Sunday. Key to Rody victory, of course, I just said, make them turn the ball over early and often. If Rody can get running right away and just knock them out, that would be great. As Brown, Brown gave Duke a fight due to their three-point defense. Duke seemed to not be able to shoot the ball from three-point land. They went 0-for-12 going through the middle of that second half before they finally hit one. And Brown only had a seven-point deficit to come after. But I I think if any team played Duke, I know Duke's Duke, but if any team played Duke, man, and they're going 0-for-12 from three, and you're only down seven, Middle way through the second half, that's just not good, man. Any team. I know Brown is not as good as the others, but if Rory did that, they'd be up 20 against Duke because you got to get all the opportunity you need. And if Duke was 0 for 12, you got to be able to have a lead at least. So that's why I'm not as worried with this Brown team playing Rhode Island. I think just Rhode Island's too big for them. Um, they're too lengthy, and the way they play is polar opposite, not polar opposites, but it counters everything that Brown does. Uh, effectively, which is run fast break in transition and try to uh, really get open shots. If you or I can create turnovers, I think this game will be over quick. And that's just my opinion on it. Hopefully, Redown can crush Brown and they can worry about Sunday, the start of A10 play. I am so excited. They play the Richmond Spiders. They are 10 and 3 on the year with a big win over Wisconsin earlier in the year, but they did lose to Alabama by 12, a team Rody beat earlier in November by 14 points. Richmond also lost two games to um, Radford by 15. So they're coming in on a two-game losing streak. They go play St. Joe's for the third round, but they lost to Radford, Alabama, and they have lost to Auburn by 14. So this team... Has a good win in Vanderbilt, a good win in Wisconsin, not a ba- um, a fine loss against Auburn, and an all right loss versus Alabama. But that Radford loss is inexcusable. Losing by fifteen to a four and seven team, that's just not that's just not it. You can't you can't be doing that if you want to be a team like Richmond and win a lot of games against weak opponents. So that's that. Richmond though, they are an offensive minded team. They shoot. from the field, going 38.4% from three, and 79.2% from the free throw line, only turning the ball over around 11 times per game. That is phenomenal on offense. Their defense struggles a little bit, as you saw. Alabama scored 90 on them. They've had games where they go into overtime. Uh, Vanderbilt scored 92. St. Francis scored 98 on them. So defense is obviously not there. And for Rhodey, Rhodey just has to limit Richmond's chances to the free throw line and open threes because they can shoot the three ball and they don't miss free throws. So if they can limit those two factors, their offense, it will stagnate their offense. And if Rody can create turnovers and get fast breaks, 
that's going to help them out a lot. I think this is a game either URL will be very close in, win or lose, or they can blow them out of the water as well. Because I have that confidence that Rody can create turnovers, which they have shown to do all year round. And also, also, this will help Rody big time against a poor defense like Richmond. I feel like they can really spread the ball out get the best shot possible and start hitting down shots. So they can go around 35% from three. They can make their free throws, get to the line a lot, and take good attempts, get down to Antoine, Jermaine, and Cyril, and get easy attempts down there and free buckets. I'm all for it. I'm all for a roadie victory going to next Wednesday night against a hungry Davidson team who had a disappointing start to the season. They played Davidson at home on Wednesday night. The game which will test Rhode Island to see what this team is really all about. Davidson is led by Kellen Grady, who averages 16.1 points a game. John Axel Goodmanson, former A-10 Player of the Year, with 11.7 points a game, 5.8 rebounds, and 3.1 assists. And Luka Brajovic is averaging 10 points a game, 4.8 rebounds, 1.9 assists. And guard Carter Collins is averaging 10.7 points a game for the Davidson Wildcats. Davidson, as a team, shoots 36.3% from three-point land, 75.5% from the charity stripe, and an efficient 45.7% from the field. And they turn the ball over 11.4 times a game. Very similar to the style of play of Richmond. They like shooting threes and tough shots and getting all up in your face led by Bob McKillop, who has been coaching there at Davidson for what it seems like to be forever. But Rody needs that three-point defense to come in clutch. They've really got to take care of uh, the two, Kellen Grady and John Axel Goodmanson. If they can do that and put pressure on Luke, uh, Luka Brajovic and Luke Frampton, I think Rody will be fine in this one. A team, Davidson, was looking to be really good coming into this year. They started off with a loss to Charlotte and in, in, uh, lost to Auburn first game and then lost to Charlotte by 13 second game. They lost to a weak Wake Forest team uh, at home by 12. And they did lose to Marquette. They lost to Vanderbilt by 5 after not being able to score at all, it seems like, in the second half. So they're definitely struggling. This will be a big win for Davidson to turn it around. But they do have a game versus Duquesne a team that's been highly regarded uh, besides the Marshall loss and the UAB loss. So, I'd like to see how they play against Davidson. Round, keys to win. Of course, create turnovers, be aggressive on defense, and not letting Davidson get open shots. Just like Richmond, you can't let these teams get open shots. They have players like um, Kellen Gray and John Axel Goodmanson that can hit them. I remember John Axel Goodmanson hit a freaking three-quarter shot to end the half last year against uh, Rhode Island at home. And at that point, I was like, there's no hope at all. Um, but they got some great talent. They're just not performing as well on both ends of the court. So if Rhode Island can um, uh, come off the bat firing and limit um, the three-point shot and make uh, make Davidson make tough shots and force turnovers, Rhode Island will have a very good chance of winning this ball game against Davidson at home. Moving on. From Rhode Island, an A-10 play, which I am so excited for. I don't even want to stop talking about it. We are going to go over the games of last week and this week. We had a few good ones last week and some upsets. 
but I am excited for this next upcoming week. But let's get past last week. Kentucky, in probably the game of the week, defeated Louisville 78-70. UNC squeaked by Yale 70-67 to give um, Roy Williams as much wins as Dean Smith, uh, UNC legend. Number 22, West Virginia defeats number 2, Ohio State, 67-59. Huge for the Mountaineers. They're tougher than a weekend at your in-laws at John Rothstein. That statement is presumed to be true after that one. Wisconsin defeated Tennessee, a team that's been struggling 68-48, an absolute blowout. LSU defeated Liberty by 17. Silence the critics of um, them being not that good, and Liberty undefeated no long. A 17-point victory, 74-57. Arkansas defeated Indiana, 71-64. And Florida A&M on New Year's Eve. Upset Iowa State 70-68 to be the first team Florida A&M has defeated as a Power 5 team. In the A-10, a lot of loss, losses in the A-10. Besides Rhode Island's win versus Middle Tennessee State, Marshall defeated Duquesne 83-61, absolute blowout. Bama defeated Richmond 90-78. Buffalo beat St. Bonaventure by 5, 84-79. Davidson couldn't seem to get the lid off the hoop against Vanderbilt. Lost 76-71, and TCU blew George Mason out the gym. A 34-point victory, 87-53. Wow. A week that was really... Looking promising for the A-10. Turns out to not be that promising at all. Then we start getting a little bit of conference play here. Not totally uh, the start of it. But next week we'll start going into the conference standings. And that's such and all of that fun stuff. Tonight we got a good one. Uh, A couple of them. 14 Michigan State hosts Illinois. A tough battle. It will be for an uphill climb for Illinois. But there's an upset. That can't happen. Oregon, number four, travels to Colorado, where Colorado is favored by one point. Um, big game in the Pac-12 there. And Oregon State tonight plays Utah, a tough team. So a couple of uh, highly competitive games in the Pac-12 tonight. On Saturday, the 4th, Florida State plays number seven, Louisville. Virginia Tech plays number 19, Virginia, in a rival game. Indiana plays number 15, Maryland. Number 23, Iowa plays number 21, Penn State. And Georgia plays number 9, Memphis. As well as in the Pac-12, number 4, Oregon plays Utah. Just two days after a tough game against Colorado, they got to play Utah, a tough team that upset Kentucky. And number 25, Arizona, plays their in-state rival, ASU, on Saturday. And also, can't forget... About West Virginia, number 16 team in the nation, plays number 3, Kansas, on Saturday, which should end up to be a very highly competitive matchup for the Mountaineers. But on Sunday, we got a real good one for you. Number 12, Michigan, plays number 14, Michigan State, big rivalry game. Oregon State plays Colorado in a Pac-12 matchup between those two teams. And then on the 6th of January, Tuesday, or no, Monday rather, West Virginia plays Oklahoma State. And on the 7th, Miami plays number 7, Louisville. 
Baylor plays number 22, Texas Tech. Baylor number 16 in the nation. And number 17, Kentucky, plays Georgia in the beginning of these conference play games. And on the 8th on Wednesday, Arkansas plays LSU in what should be a dandy, as well as OU plays in the Red River rivalry against the Texas Longhorns. Hook them, baby. Let's go. We had a great week of college basketball. Let's look at the A-10 matchups starting in A-10 play. We got a lot of good ones for you this week. We're going to start off tonight. Of course, URI plays Brown. But across the A-10, we have four A-10 uh, conference games. St. Louis plays Duquesne in what should be a good one. As well as St. Joe's plays Richmond. I'd like to see how Richmond handles a pretty terrible St. Joe's team. Fordham. Gets smacked by VCU, or will get smacked by VCU. VCU's 18-point favorites. And Dayton travels 9-3 LaSalle, who's been, you know, a surprising team this year. Dayton's favored by 10.5 on the road. And on Sunday, Rhode Island plays Richmond, of course. And VCU travels to George Mason in a bit of a rivalry game in Virginia. Number 20, Dayton travels to another crappy St. Joe's team, Davidson. Goes on the road against Duquesne. Another good game to test out the Davidson Wildcats to see how they do. And LaSalle travels to Fordham. UMass travels to St. Joe's. And St. Bonaventure travels to George Washington in a solid matchup between the Bonnies and the Colonials. And then on Wednesday the 8th, you have Rhode Island Davidson. And then Duquesne travels to St. Joe's. St. Bonaventure plays George Mason on the road. LaSalle travels up to UMass. And George Washington travels to St. Louis for a eh, could be competitive game. I don't know. I think George, uh, St. Louis is going to win that one. But you got some good games tonight. You have a good game tonight between Duquesne and um, Duquesne and St. Louis. And then on Sunday, you have the Rhode Island Richmond game, which should be a good one, as well as VCU, George Mason, and Davidson Duquesne. We are getting ready for the biggest part of the year. It is coming up. It's literally right around the corner, and I mean right around the corner. I mean in three days, Rodon starts A-10 play. 18 games to prove themselves for an at-large bid or else an A-10 championship. 18 games, 14 teams, one Atlantic 10 championship trophy. The grind starts tonight. For Rhodey, it starts Sunday. And I am super excited, but Rhode Island plays Brown tonight at 7 o'clock at the Pizziola Center. It's on ESPN+. Plus. Rhode Island plays Richmond on Sunday to start A-10 play at 12 noon. And then on Wednesday, they play at 7 o'clock at home against the Davidson Wildcats. And this is where you separate teams. This is where you get winners from losers and champions from non-contenders. I'm ready. I'm going to be here for you. Stay tuned throughout the conference season not just through the A-10, but throughout the Power Fives. I'll be covering that as well as usual. I'm excited as heck. I hope you are too. Stay tuned for Thursdays. And I can't wait for what this 2019-2020 A-10 season has in store for us. As always, roadie, roadie, roadie.